Magandang umaga po sa inyo lahat. Good morning, Lighthouse. It is an honor. It is a privilege. It is a joy to be asked to share the message for today. My name is Brother Vinay Panimanglor. I'm part of the morning service. Today is a day which is an honor for me to speak on because it is our pastor and staff appreciation day. Every year, Lighthouse has a tradition. And this is one tradition I enjoy. Christmas, New Year, Easter, we have all of these special services. But on this day, when we get to appreciate our pastors and the staff, it brings me great joy. Thank you, pastors. Thank you, the staff. Today, we thank you because of who you are in our lives. Without you, Lighthouse would not be where it is today. And we pray, we pray for you. We pray that in the years to come, you will bring Lighthouse to much, much greater heights. For the last 66 weeks, we have gone through the books of the Bible. Every single Sunday, one of the pastors came up front and shared. From the Old Testament, from the book of Genesis, all the way down to the book of Revelation, 66 weeks of sharing the books of the Bible. We've heard from God's word. We have heard from the word of God, 66 books preached by our wonderful pastors. Each a lesson in itself, each a challenge to us. And pastors, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the effort you made, whether it was the senior pastor, whether it was one of the young adults pastors, every single one of you has done enough to teach us, to mentor us, to challenge us, and to bring the knowledge of the word deeper into our hearts. But this morning, yes, we've heard so much from the word of God. I'm going to spend some time talking about God of his word. The title of my message is God of His Word because we today are going to see through a unique character in the Bible, an amazing character in the Bible. What presence of God made to His life. How it challenged Him, how it moved Him to greater heights, and without much further ado, I am going to introduce to you that character. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And this morning, we are going to talk 
about one of the heroes of the faith as this chapter is very popularly known. We are going to talk about one of those heroes of the faith. Abraham. A-B-R-A-M as he was referred to in the beginning chapters of the book of Genesis. The theme of this morning's message is faith and faithful. Who was Abraham? Let's turn to the book of Genesis in chapter 12. That's the first time we get to meet Abraham. In chapter 12, uh, I'm one of those that preached many, many years ago. So I'm not a laptop person. For me, God's word, God's word is in the book. And this morning, you have to bear with me. Those of you techies, those of you new gen, bear with me. Because I am going to be opening the book and read from God's word. Let's read together. In chapter 12, we just hear in the first verse, the Lord had said to Abraham. I'm going to stop here. And I'm going to share who was Abraham. Okay. If you look to, through the scriptures, there's not very much mentioned about him prior to this particular scripture. He just comes. He just comes into our, our presence when God says, the Lord said to Abraham. Abraham is a primary example of Jewish faith. Abraham was a friend of God. And as I share the message today, you'll find out how good a friend of God he was and how much of a good friend God was to him. His father and grandfather, unfortunately, worshipped false gods. We have no idea whether it was pagans, statues, whatever it was, they worshipped false gods. Abraham was married, and he was married to his half-sister, Sarai, S-A-R-A-I. I'm using the spellings now because they, they play a great significant part in the journey of Abraham and his walk with God. Abraham lived in a place called Ur, U-R. In today's present geographic situation, it is a town, still exists, in Baghdad, the capital of Iraq. About 300 kilometers away from Baghdad, Ur still exists. What do we know about Abraham? He could have been a merchant doing business. It tells us that it has, he had great wealth. We presume it was because of his uh, being a merchant. He also had great livestock, number of flocks and herds of livestock. And obviously, that also meant that Abraham knew quite a lot about shepherding. So he's a merchant, he's a shepherd, and evidently well-educated and a wise man. This is what we know about Abraham so far. And thank you uh, for Google because it allowed me 
to find out a little bit more prior to what we just read in the scripture. Let's go back. Today we look at Abraham's story. It is a wonderful story of faith. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, Abraham. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, Abraham, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Verse 4. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Let's stop here. What a man. What an interesting man. But before I go forward, let's go back to the book of Hebrews. That's where we started in Hebrews chapter 11. In chapter, chapter 11, verse 17, uh, sorry, uh, verse 8 to verse 10, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would late, later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Two things we learn. By faith, Abraham obeyed. In verse 8, it tells us in Hebrews, Chapter 11, obeyed and went out. Not knowing where he was going, he did not question. He did so, just told to go. He went. In verse 9, it says, By faith, Abraham made his home as a stranger in the promised land. A man of great wealth, who probably lived in mansions, now lives in a tent out in the hot desert. What obedience, what trust in God Abraham has? Because Abraham was a friend of God. And he knew when God speaks and tells him or asks him, you just do. Again in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 4, in verses 1 and 2, we see that instant obedience and trust God calls, Abraham obeys, leaves his land, does not know where his destination is, his country, his riches, his land, just taking with him the bare minimum, his family. Only his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, a few hundred people maybe, that's all he had, and he set out. Now we know the destination. He set out for the land of Canaan. Ur to Canaan. Abraham, Sarai, Lot, a few hundred people. The distance between these two cities was two 
8,400 kilometers. God was asking a huge, huge thing of Abraham. Get into the desert, leave the comforts, walk 2,400 meters, the 2,400 kilometers. It's mind-boggling. That's a long distance in the desert, the hot sun, walking, walking, walking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even try to imagine how long it must have taken him. The desert is not a very friendly place, mind you. It is hot, it is cold, it has all kinds of creatures for sure. That would be a hindrance, that would be dangerous as they walked along. But we see, and it tells us here, that when he set out, Abraham was 75 years old. Picture that. Church, my brothers, my sisters, picture that, 75 years old. Not a young man. Abraham was already into his 70s, but without a question at that point of time, he stepped out. Strong faith, trust and obey. That's what we see in Abraham's character. This is a man of what I call immense faith. Cultivating faith is what we're talking about as we go forward, we'll see what kind of challenges Abraham goes through. That's the beginning of chapter 12. A little later, it tells us that he's reached Canaan. And like I said, it may have taken him a couple of months. It could have taken him a year, maybe a little bit more. But in verse 10, it tells us that where he was. Now there was a famine in the land and Abraham went to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Leaving a land, walking through the desert, he gets to Canaan. There's famine. He goes to Egypt. And as he arrives, this is in verse 10, as he arrives in Egypt, in, it tells us there was a famine. Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. What does it tell us about Abraham's faith? He's quite a scheming man. He has no hesitation in being very giving of his wife. You're beautiful. Is that a compliment? Did he mean it as a compliment? No way. He was taking advantage of the fact 
And uh, mind you, Sarai was just 10 years younger than him. She was 65. Still a beautiful woman, no doubt about it. The Bible tells us that she was a beautiful woman. But Abraham sees that there could be a challenge to his life. There could be a threat to his life, to his well-being. So he's willing to sacrifice his wife. Deceptive. A man who left his comforts in Ur, in Ur walked 2,400 kilometers. A man of strong faith, a famine, and moving to Egypt. Look what happens. What do we see about Abraham here? Do we see that strong faith? Yes, in some ways we do. But what we see more is the deception. He's willing to be deceptive. And then the story goes on. It tells us that the men of Egypt, the Pharaoh's men came around. They saw this lady was wonderful, beautiful. Uh, I'm sure in Cuento Cuento with uh, Abraham, he said, oh, that's my sister. Yes, she's beautiful, no doubt about it. Yes, what would you like to do? Oh, Pharaoh likes lovely women. He likes beautiful woman, women. Okay. Okay. This is Abraham. She goes and she's in the palace of the uh, Pharaoh. But in verse 17, it tells us, but the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife, Sarai. So Sarah, Pharaoh summoned Abraham, what have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So they took, took her to be my wife. Now then, here's your wife, take her, go. And then the Pharaoh gave orders about Abraham to his men and said, send them out, send them packing, let them go. He sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. What a deceptive man. What are we talking about here? Cultivating faith. I, look at the uh, graph that we are doing. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went. Abraham compromises. Faith somewhere here. Slide down. Does it sound familiar, brothers, sister? One day your faith is so great, you're jumping in joy because God's done something that you prayed for or asked for or gave you a promotion, whatever it might be, your faith increases. You are all excited. And then comes a challenge. Then comes a situation like this. Abraham compromised and was deceptive. Sliding down. The story goes on. It's a long story. We're going to talk about almost 100 years of uh, Abraham's life. But it's an interesting story about faith. Bear with me. Listen to a story of a man who will convict you 
at the very end. We move forward, Genesis chapter 15. We don't hear much about Lot after this and uh, in a way, it's more exciting. In Genesis 15, this is the Lord's covenant with Abraham. We're talking about cultivating faith. Friends, Lighthouse, brothers, sisters, those of you watching online, stay with the story, stay with this line, because this is getting interesting now. You must be asking yourself, what's happening here? Brother Vinay is talking about ups and downs. Yes, it is, because this is the story of Abraham's faith. In Genesis 15, the Lord's covenant with Abraham, God comes back. God, his friend, Abraham, God's friend, Connect again. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. Your very great reward. Verse 2, but Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus. And Abraham in verse 3 said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Here's God in verse 2 saying, I am your shield, your very great reward. And Abraham starts to complain. He says, I'm childless. I'm 75 plus plus. It's been a couple of years since I've started on my this long walk. I'm still childless. We're getting old. We are old. And you're going on telling me that I, you, 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 there is a great reward. I'm childless. What does God do? In verse 4 it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, then he said to Abraham, so shall your offspring be. Ups, downs, lying. And God comes back and says, Abraham, Abraham, come on. Complaining about being childless. I am going to give you a child. This is a covenant. Verse 6. Good friends, again, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord, believed the Lord, looking out at the stars, being told that his offspring will be so, so meaning if there's billions of stars, that's the kind of offspring Abraham is going to have. For a man who's in his late 70s to picture having a baby at that point of time. Great hope. He's convinced. He's convicted. He says, yes, this is God, my friend. And he says, okay, when the sun had set and so on and so forth, Abraham remembers. Because Lord had made a covenant and said to your descendants, I will give this land. And he had named all the lands and the cities and towns and 
nations that he would give to Abraham. And in that was the promise of a child. I can picture Abraham, he goes back to Sarai and says, Honey, I had a talk. My good friend, the Lord spoke to me. He said, we are going to have a child. Sarah, very practical woman that she is, she knows that her body is in no condition, nor is it in any state where she could have a child. She is barren. And she looks at Abraham, probably thinking in her mind, what's this old man thinking about? Is he, is he kind of okay? And in chapter 16, it tells us now Sarai, Hagar and Ishmael, the title of that chapter. In chapter 16, in verse 1, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave, Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Husband and wife seem to have some kind of a fascination to give each other away to another partner. Abraham messed up when he shared Sarai to the Pharaoh. Now here is Sarai returning the favor by saying, Abraham, I have a slave, Hagar. Maybe it's not me, Baron Sarai. Maybe it's this young lady, the slave, who is going to be the mother of the child. Abraham, God's friend. doesn't understand the covenant or decides to take an easy way out. He says, agreed to what Sarai said. He took her Egyptian slave, slept with her. Miracle. She conceived. Hagar became pregnant with Abraham's child. Lack of faith encouraged in the earlier chapter by the covenant God had signed with him. One chapter later. Lack of faith, second guessing, both husband and wife, Abraham and Sarah, second guessing what God's plans are. How often, church, do we do that? How often do you, me, do that? We have a preconceived idea about what we want in our life. And we pray. And we pray and say, Lord, this is what I want. I want a promotion. I want a raise. I want a new job. I need to have a baby. Time is running out. People are asking me. There are different things that we ask for. We get on our knees. We're asking God. Is that the asking faith that we have? Second guessing, trying to put in God's mind, God, this is our plan. Do you agree with that? And in this case, God had given them his plan. Now they're making a second guess. Oh, did he really mean Sarai from your body? 
Hagar is pregnant. And in the first few months of her pregnancy, what happens? She is pregnant and you know that when a woman gets pregnant, the hormones go out of control. Those of you, the married husbands know that. The ones with children, you know when the wife is pregnant. In this case, it was not even the wife, it was Hagar that was pregnant. She got cranky, she got moody, she started to feel bitter, she thought, you know, who is Sarai? She started to despise her mistress. That's what the scripture says. She started to des despise the mistress. 86-year-old Abraham, the first so-called miracle in his life, has a son out of Hagar, the slave woman, and names him Ishmael. But brother, sister, church, this is not the son of his promise. What do we learn about Abraham here? What are his weaknesses? He's deceptive. We know that. He has a lack of faith at times. He has a lack of love for his wife. These are just some of his weaknesses. What is God up to? Cultivating faith. Once again, Abraham has reached the depths. It, life looks like a spiral to him, a roller coaster. It's much worse than a roller coaster. A ro roller coaster goes on gentle curves. Abraham's life seems to be going in V's, inverted triangles, triangles, whatever shape that you might want to put to it. This is what his life is like. But he has his strengths. Interestingly, this is the man with outstanding faith. He's 86 years old. He's unselfish. With his nephew, when he divided the land, he was unselfish. He was a worshipper at every place that he stopped and halted at. He built an altar, got on his knees and prayed and worshipped. This was a man who was worshipful. He was persevering. He was persevering. And he was prayerful. Extremes. He has his strengths. He has his weaknesses. This is what we know about Abraham. And each of us, brother, sister, we have the same kind of qualities. We have our strengths. We have our weaknesses. And God is working in our lives every single moment. Yes, you will fail. You will look up to the heavens. He will lift you up. Your faith from zero, he will elevate it. God will elevate and Abraham is a classic example of that. Genesis 17, the covenant of circumcision. Pay attention here now. Pay attention here. The chapter is quite long, but in verses 1 to 7, it says, When Abraham, Abraham was 99 years old. We started his journey when he was 75. 24 years later, 
the lord appeared to him again and said i am god almighty walk before me faithfully and be blameless verse 2 then i lord said will make my covenant between me and you and abraham you will greatly increase in numbers abraham fell face down he says my friend is back and god said to him as for me this is my covenant with you you will be the father of many nations no longer will you be called abraham your name will be abraham and h added for i have made you a father of many nations a father of many nations i will make nations of you and the kings will come from you look at god's promise again to a man who has failed him repeatedly who has gone on his knees and said lord help he's lifted him up again you see now and god doesn't stop there he doesn't stop there in words five when he said i will make you the father of all nations yes it is very true you know what brothers and sisters abraham in many ways is the spiritual father of all believers up until this day today we are here watching this program online or sitting in the auditorium Abraham is the spiritual father of lighthouse believers worshipers in every nation he is the spiritual father this is the friendship that god shared with abraham god doesn't stop just there he in verse 15 God also said to Abraham as for Sarai your wife you are no longer to call her Sarai her name will be Sarah that's a beautiful name Sarah her name will be Sarah i will bless her and will surely give you a son by her i will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations kings of peoples will come from her this is a joint venture god is telling abraham this is a joint venture you're the father she's the mother of nations and the kings will come and it's true it's true we worship today on our knees the same god that made this covenant with abraham verse 19 and this is the one that really lifts up my spirits when i read this scripture i get goosebumps then god said yes but your wife sara will bear you a son and you will call him isaac i did not read verses 17 and 18 because typical of abraham he fell face down said i am an old man and how will i get a son my wife is 90 years old i am 100 years old so on and so forth but god says no 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 yes your wife sara will bear you a son 
and you will call him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Happiness. The translation of the word Isaac is happiness. We talk about being happy. 100 years old, 90 years old. You are told by God, you will have a son and you will name him happy because he is going to bring happiness into your lives. God chose one man, one family, one nation and through that he made his covenant, an everlasting covenant with Abraham and through that man, through his family, through the nation of Israel. That covenant, everlasting covenant, is still intact even till this day in our church. And it's not going to stop here. Going forward for the years to come, for the generations to come, to every single believer, this is the covenant. Cultivating faith, ups, downs, ups, downs, challenges, trials, whatever it is. Nothing compared to what's in store for us going forward. Why was God doing this? Why was God doing this? He was preparing Abraham. He was preparing Abraham, teaching Abraham to trust God. If God gives you his word, all he wants from you and me is to trust him. Trust him, obey him, allowing Abraham to experience a few hurdles, helping him, encouraging him, lifting him up, rescuing him, getting him ready for much more. Remember, for each one of us, a cultivating faith is a time of being prepared, a time of learning. It's a time where we are being prepared by God for something much better. And interestingly, it could be something much, much more challenging. Challenging faith, cultivating faith. Abraham has gone through enough. We've seen that he had his ups, he had his downs. Comes a time. And we move forward in Genesis chapter 21 in verses 1. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant, bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son. Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. 25 years practically to the day, the child of the promise is born. 100 years old. The child grew and was weaned. But Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And then she added, who would have said to Abraham, 
that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. That's the second miracle. A 90-year-old woman is breastfeeding her child. Church, who would have believed this? At 90 and 100 parents, breastfeeding, no formula milk, no milk substitutes, no nothing. Breastfeeding, this is the promised son. And I can picture Abraham and Sarah delighted. The little boy carry him, cuddle him, take turns, you know, uh, making sure that he was taken care of well. Enjoying when he had his first steps, enjoying when he said his first words, enjoying when he fell down, had a few bruises, cried, they lifted him up. They became so enamored by him, so caught up with him that their hearts, their lives, their days were filled with Isaac, happiness. This was what this young lad was. And surely, as the days passed, as the years passed, as the young man, as the young boy became a teenager, became a little older, as he reached nearing his twenties, Abraham's heart, the shrine where God demands and expects to be in, was slowly but surely being substituted by the Son. It happens to all of us. God's answered our prayer. We've got what we wanted. God's kept His part. What happens? Slowly but surely, we have those days when we just say, okay, God, thank you. Salamat po. Thank you, Lord. After that, God is not there anymore in the shrine. Something else has substituted. And in this case, Isaac, the apple of their hearts and their minds and their very living beings, they were consumed by. Is it wrong to love your child, your only child? He's growing up. He's still the only child. Was it wrong? As doting parents, we've, we've done that. We've done that with our children, the first, the second, the third, in this case, the only child. They poured everything. Abraham poured everything into taking care, into teaching him, you know, bonding with him. But God steps in in a very, very, very interesting way. Why do I title this particular segment, Challenging Faith. In chapter 22, let me pick up God's word. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you 
God, what's going on? Your only son. God said your only son. God acknowledges this is your only son. God acknowledges whom you love, Abraham, Isaac, happiness, and go. Do what? Sacrifice him. Sacrifice. Are, are we connecting properly, Lord? God has brought him. God has brought Abraham to life's defining moment. Every single one of us goes through one of these moments, life's defining moments. When you're shocked, when you're taken aback, it could be a health condition, it could be a financial condition, it could be an emotional condition, it could be a natural calamity. It brings us suddenly looking and up and saying, what's happening? God has brought him to the point where Abraham's next steps, what Abraham is going to do next, will define who he actually is in terms of his character. Church, brothers, sisters, we will be faced many times prayerfully not as seriously, as challenging as being asked to sacrifice your child. But there will be those times. Faith. Abraham's faith is being challenged. But in verse 3, in verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, he took with him two of his servants, his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up. Abraham's being tested, no doubt about it. And look at his reaction. He just does what God, his friend, has told him. Take your son, so on and so forth. He does exactly that. Early the next morning, child of the covenant, child of the promise, now 20 years old, give him back to me, says the Lord to Abraham. What a dilemma. I wouldn't want to be faced with a dilemma like this. I have two sons. If he was to say, I want the little finger of one of your sons, I would panic. But yes, God, Abraham's trial by fire. Honestly, it's by fire. This is what I'm saying, a life-defining moment, a challenging moment. But let's look at what, what must have gone on. The old man now, 120 years old, 75-year-olds, went through enough, 100 years old gets a baby, we think that's, you know, the end of the journey for Abraham, 120 years old, 
This is the dilemma. What must be going on in Abraham's mind? Let's look at what's going on through Abraham's mind at this point of time. Okay? Remember, he's well educated. Up here, very intelligent. Maybe we can reason with God. Maybe I can talk to God, you know. Have a cuento, cuento. You know, God, come on. Buddy, buddy style. Can we talk? Can we discuss this some more? Maybe you don't really mean a burnt offering. You don't mean a sacrifice of burnt offering. No, 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 no. Why not me? Why not me? I'm 120 years old. I'm old. I mean, I'd love to see my son grow up after me. Why don't you take me? You said that he's going to be the father. He's the only son of the seed. The covenant, remember the everlasting covenant you talked about, God? It's going to end here. I'm 120 years old. Why don't you just take me? Lord, spare me. Spare him. Take me. Silence. Lord, I have never dealt with a situation like this before. Yes, for sure. God didn't ask you to lose your, sacrifice your child. Why me? Why my son? Why do this to my family? These are the things this intelligent man is thinking through. Gets a little, maybe he gets a little, you know, angry. He says, this is not right, Lord. You said through Abraham, the nations, as through Isaac, the nations, the stars. The st you made me count the stars and I could not. And you said I would have descendants. And now you want me to murder him. Let's be blunt about these things, Lord. Yes, I'm plain doing plain speak. You are asking me to take my 20-year-old son, lay him out, offering, murder him. What must be his emotions? What could be going on in Abraham's heart? 120-year-old man, what do I tell Sarah? The woman who weaned, who carried Isaac. And now I'm going to tell her. God, my friend, has told me, sacrifice him. Or am I going to, you know, become the Abraham of old and say, oh, we're just going for a three-day camping trip, bonding time, father and son. Just one donkey, a couple of servants to help us. Uh, yeah, sure, I'm carrying firewood. I'm carrying... A little things because you know we may need to have a meal or something like that you know emotions what do i tell sarah what do i tell isaac son we're going out we're going together what do i say to the servants these are some of the things that must have been going on in this old man's mind But he doesn't hesitate. It tells us. Early the next morning, he got up, loaded his donkey, took his servants, took the sun, took enough wood, and set out. As he's walking the journey, as he's walking, as he's trudging along, and the land around Moriah, where he was being asked to go, is not plain... Uh, Flat land, it's mountainous. 
it's climbing and for a man of that age with that kind of a burden in his mind he is asked to walk 3 days trudging up to the region of moraya at his age each step a challenge the journey is getting longer the steps are getting shorter agonizing each moment each minute bringing him closer to that final moment sacrifice my son isaac chapter 22 verse 5 he said to his servant stay here with the donkey while i and the boy go over there we will worship and then we will come back to you even as his mind his heart his intellect his emotions his very human nature is being challenged abraham shows his faith is it desperation and he feels that god's made his promise and god's going to work a solution out for, out, out of this maybe but that's that's not evident he can't see it with his eyes but with his faith maybe he can abraham's trial by fire is honestly a challenge that none of us want to face and i want to share about these kind of moments these kind of challenges coming into our lives and believe me brother sister pastor staff lighthouse the community each and every one of us comes to these kind of defining moments look at our pastors look at our staff they're here sitting in front of us they're as human as us look at the challenges that they've gone through some of them staff pastors have lost their spouse have lost their spouse illness sudden long suffering they lost their spouse amongst the congregation we are members you lost a partner you lost a spouse you lost a child why my son why did this have to happen to my son why did this have to happen to my wife why did this happen to my husband god where are you why 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 these challenges have happened it can happen to any one of us there are other challenges not just health not just losing a spouse we have members of of the of the staff or including a pastor who went through a similar experience an accident a terrible vehicle accident no idea 
why would it happen to this individual? But it happened. You know what, church? They're all here. They're all here having trusted God, having obeyed God. They are here and these are the pastors. These are the members of the staff that have taken these challenges, faced up to them, had faith, challenging faith, no doubt, and stayed firm with God. Worship. First time in chapter 22, verse 5, do we find this word in scripture. Worship. Abraham does as he has been told. He goes on and the story continues and tells us he prepares an altar. Look at what's happening. Look at the screen. The son helps him put together the stones, lays out the firewood. Abraham sets him on that what I would call the funeral pyre, ties him. There must be questions now in Isaac's mind, what's happening? Dad, you said, we were coming here to worship. We were coming here to sacrifice. Me? Me? Tears pouring down their eyes, Father, knowing that this is his moment of truth. Look at his hands. Raised above. Dagger in his hands. A burnt offering. Wait. Why does he have a dagger in his hands? It's meant to be a burnt offering. Maybe. Abraham felt. Plunged that dagger into Isaac. He's already dead. And then light the fire. My son may not feel the pain. Maybe that's something that's in his mind. But that's not what God was asking. Sacrifice is a high, a holy moment. The best offering Abraham could give to God. Abraham's trial by fire and Bishop A.W. Tozer quotes it wonderfully. He says, Abraham's trial by fire, he did not fail in the crucible. Let me briefly touch on this one. I'm a student of chemistry. We used a crucible many a time in our uh, laboratory work. And a crucible can take up to almost 600 degrees centigrade in heat. It, it can take that kind of a heat. That was the kind of trial Abraham was going through. And he did not fail. There he is. Hands up there, dagger in hand, the worship all done, ready to sacrifice. Challenging faith, brothers, sisters, Abraham was going through a moment 
that none of us would have wanted to. But we've gone through many of those. Businesses have gone sour. Businesses have gone bankrupt. You've lost your jobs. Maybe one year down, you're still jobless. You applied and applied and you don't have a reply. Maybe a broken relationship. You're wondering why. Maybe something more personal, a health issue. And you know your days are limited. Again, the why question. Challenging faith. is followed by a conquering faith. Let's stay with Genesis chapter 22 and in verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I am trying to picture Abraham's hand up here, the knife in his hand, and something grabs his hand and says, Abraham, Abraham. And he says, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He is fighting that. He is fighting that. He says, God has told me to sacrifice him. God has told me to sacrifice him. But the hand is being held. Three days. The heavenly silence was broken. For three days God was silent after telling him Abraham, take your son sacrifice him the heavenly silence was broken <clears throat> God spoke God spoke to his friend in verse 13 the heavenly solution was seen Abraham saw, turned around looked up there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Church, brothers, sisters, the heavenly solution was seen. The silence was broken. The solution was seen just at the very right time. Just when we think and Abraham had thought God has pushed me into a corner. God answers. God will answer. God has answered. Verse 14 So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The silence broken. The solution seen. God's provision. The Lord will provide. Church, 
we've looked at cultivating faith we've looked at challenging faith we've looked at conquering faith what do we learn here what do we learn from this exhortation <clears throat> the faithfulness of god's promise the faith abraham has shown abraham's faith god is faithful our faith god is faithful and his faithfulness will show this is a man who showed god and to us that god will always be first in his life that's a wonderful lesson to learn who is first in your life netflix a sports hero the love of your life abraham showed the first thing the first love in his life was god a man who had everything is now surrendering it all a surrendering faith understand church at every challenging serious test of our faith our relationship can with god can go two ways one is the challenge troubles you so much that you sink and you walk away from god the other one even more exciting is that you get closer and more intimate with god than at any other time time and again you see you get on your knees you pray you connect with god the tears flowing you surrendered you told god i have no idea where the solution is going to come from god sees your faithfulness god sees your faithfulness and that's the relationship that you can see from abraham matthew chapter 16 verse 24 to 25 then jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find This is what Abraham showed that he was willing to lose it all and follow That's the story that's the story church harsh challenging bitter experiences will surely be followed by God's blessedness Unless we take that step of faith church how will we know that god is faithful we have to take that step abraham did it abraham showed us and through the heroes of the faith in chapter 11 of hebrews there are so many many other heroes named by name it talks about abraham talks about noah it talks about enoch it talks about so many others 
so many that the author says that there are so many heroes of the faith there is no place for me to name them and describe why they are the heroes of the faith and in, included in those names is names like david and these are the ancients we have the present day heroes of the faith in the new testament we have peter we have john we have the 12 disciples one of them turned out to be not a hero but somebody who betrayed the lord we have paul somebody that went after the early believers and god came to him with a solution and saul became the apostle paul these are some examples in our church look around you today we are here church to appreciate our pastors we are here to appreciate our staff today for us each and every one of them is a hero of the faith <clears throat> every single one of them there's around 35 of them unbelievable heroes of the faith they're human just like us but they toil they work hard they get on their knees and pray for us we put in those prayer requests they're on their knees praying there's a death in the family there's a there's an illness there is a dedication there are joyful times there are happy times the pastors are there the silent heroes of the faith the staff some of them you see in the congregation some of them when they're up front they're singing uh, with the levites many of them you don't even notice sitting in the media at the back they're there i don't want to name any one of them because for me they are equally heroes of the faith if i was to ask you you would probably know maybe 10 names 15 names some of you maybe 20 but do you know all of them today is the day to recognize these heroes of our faith they are here they are here and in time in a short time you'll get a chance to come up front and greet them don't all of you go to just one person because you know he's good looking he's very well spoken or this person is close to me i don't know who that other person is take time to get to know that hero of the faith they for us are heroes of the faith who else church every single one of you gathered here today is a hero of the faith yes you are each and every one of you is here you are here to help the pastors know and the staff know they are appreciated you know what god appreciates you god appreciates you you are a hero of the faith we will listen to the story of abraham cultivating faith challenging faith conquering faith i want to make this a little bit more personal my last point compelling and we are going to change the tempo a little bit 
conquering faith, victory, challenging faith, testings, cultivating faith, training, compelling faith. What am I talking about? One, just one. Hero, character, whatever term you might want to use, went through a challenge far more. And in the book of Matthew, we'll pick it up in chapter 26. There is only one mortal man that we know, you know, I know, all of us know that went through a challenge far, far, far more than what Abraham went through. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you see in verse 36 to verse 38, Jesus is on his knees, sorrowful and troubled. He is on his knees, the Son of God, the Son of Man, on his knees, praying to the Father. Why is he praying? In verse 38, he says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. In verse 39, it says, Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. The disciples who were with him, who, who had come with him while he was praying, had no idea what the prayer was all about. But you and I, brother, sister, we've read through. We've read this book. We've read through this prayer. We've read through his agony to the point where it, in some versions in the other uh, Gospels, it says that, you know, his sweat turned into droplets of blood. He was in a crisis, an intense moment, praying in asking his father to take the cup away. And you and I know what we was talking about. Jesus was on his knees. And in chapter 27, in chapter 27, on the cross, nailed to the cross, church, for you, for me, for all of us. Nails that pierced his hands, pierced his ankles, died, bleeding, suffering. And in verse 46, Jesus cries out. What does he cry out? Eli, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthini, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In verse 50, it tells us, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Church, our God, 
our father on that day did not hold back the knife. That hand that held back the knife from going and plunging into the body of Isaac on this day was plunged into the body of Jesus. Our God, our Father, did not hold back the knife. It was plunged into Jesus' body. He gave us this sacrifice so that we could be saved. Our Lord came not to destroy, but to save. This is compelling faith. All of us have acknowledged the agony starting with the prayer in Gethsemane to the challenge on this on the cross we acknowledge the agony we've accepted and that he died and that he died on the cross and on the third day that Jesus rose again promised in the Bible promised to his disciples that he will rise again. Jesus rose again. He defeated death. He destroyed Satan's notion of power. He overcame it all for us church, for you, for me, for every believer. He came and he conquered. Shame, sorrow, sin, all of it, all of it on the shoulders of our Savior. Church, this is our God of the Word. <clears throat> this is the God of Abraham. This is the God of Isaac. This is the God of Jacob. This is the God of David. This is the God of Peter, Paul. This is the God of all of us. Come Compelling faith challenges us and reminds us that this is our God, the great I Am. And Father, how grateful we are that you have spoken, that you have used thine humble servant to share not mine, but thine words, Lord, you have spoken. And we are grateful. Faith. How often we use that word. Today, we know the faith of Abraham. We know the sacrifice of Jesus. And we know that we are the beneficiaries. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful. We thank you for the pastors. We thank you for the staff. We thank you for every single listener here in the auditorium, those online. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Blessed be thy name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
if you have been touched today by this word by god's word if god has spoken to your hearts and i speak to all of you wherever you are in the comfort of your home whether you are at your workplace whether at whatever location you are online sitting in a cafe wherever you are if you've been touched and i know you have been touched by god's word abraham's faith god's word jesus a sacrifice if you have a prayer request if you have any need whatsoever just look at the screen there is a qr code there just take a photo of that just send us our pastors our elders our intercessors will call you you can answer if you just want a prayer amen we will ask god for his benefits his blessings and his faithfulness to answer your prayers we will have a song of worship now go ahead send those messages fill up the airwaves with your messages whatever it is god has an answer for you thank you